Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. Today's episode is called, Because I Said So. I know, we don't like to hear that very much. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord, and I love the Word of God, and I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us, and that He notices us, and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word, and to show them how awesome it is, and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. By the end of today's episode, I'm gonna give you three reasons to obey the rules. And I'm gonna tell you one time when it's a good idea not to obey the rules. And hopefully some quotes that will motivate you to really take the rules pretty seriously. So first of all, I want to start off by saying, you know, back when I was growing up, because I said so was a legitimate parenting discipline technique. So if I wanted to do something and my mom said no, and I said why, she would say, because I said so. And that was that. That was the end of the story. That was, it was all said and done. Today, you have to be a lawyer to raise children because because I said so doesn't carry any weight. And we can see how that becomes a problem with Christianity, because sometimes, um, because I said so, is a legitimate reason to obey the commandments. And I'm going to get into that more in just a little bit. First, I want to start, though, by saying, you know, on the night that Jesus uh, shared the Passover feast with his disciples for the last time, so the night that he was going to be taken into captivity, which would ultimately lead to his crucifixion and death, he gave his disciples a talk. And in that talk, he said to them, uh, this is John chapter 14, by the way, if you love me, keep my commands. And just a few verses later, he repeated, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. That shows us how important this is to God. So keeping the commands is a pretty serious thing. It really shows our love for God. If we blow off his commands, uh, You know, we're saying we don't really respect you. We don't really care what you have to say. But when we take his command seriously, that really is showing a trust. That's showing faith. That we that we believe that there's a reason behind these commands. And so we're going we're going to take them seriously and we're going to do what we can to keep them to the best of our ability out of love for him, not because it earns us a place in heaven, not be because we'll get extra special blessing. If, um, if we do this, but just because we love him. And in, so in response, we just want to keep his commands. So why obey? Okay, reason number one to obey the commands is because the commands are like a fence around us. They keep us in and they keep other things and other people out. So why is that important? Fences seem like they're so, you know, restrictive. Why do we want those? 
Well, when I was raising my children, um, I had to give them boundaries. You know, I said, this is how far you can go and no further, because I didn't want them running out into the street and getting killed. So even if the ball went in the middle of the street, I taught them, you do not ever cross this line. I will go get the ball. You stay behind the line. That's the line of safety. So God's commands and his guidelines in his word are like a fence around us. So how does, what does it look like when we leave the fence? So let's just take the first commandment as an example. The first commandment says you shall have no other gods. So if we leave that fence, then we're going to make other things our God. We're going to make our job or status, popularity, money, whatever. We're going to make that our God. And we're going to start chasing after that instead because we've left that fence of protection that God gave us. So we're going to go running after all those things. We're going to make decisions based on what we want. Well, what's the problem with that? I just watched a documentary last week, and it was on the wealth in America and the drive for wealth, how Americans go after wealth with such um, a passion that they forsake so many things. They will leave their family behind. They will make terrible relational choices. They'll do all kinds of things for money. And that we are so driven by money. And because of that, we tend to make some very poor decisions that in the end almost lead to our own destruction. So again, that's going outside the fence that God gives us for our protection. What does it mean when something else comes in the fence? Okay, so let's just use the fifth commandment for an example. You shall not murder. And you say, well, I don't plan to murder, Amber. Well, God, God knew that, and that's why Jesus said to us, listen, it's, it's not just if you murder. It's if you hate somebody enough to wish they were dead. If you hate at all, that's breaking this commandment. So if we let that into the fence of our life, so if that comes into the fence and affects us, that hatred, then we are not going to be treating people the way that God would have us treat them. We are going to be looking down on people. We are going to be using snotty, sassy tones with people. We are going to be hate-filled instead of love-filled in our interactions with people because we've let that hatred come through the fence. So those commands and guidelines that God gives us, and it's not just God, it's, it's our city, it's our government. It, the rules are meant to be a fence of blessing around us. So if we keep them, we have that protection, that blessing, of having um, those rules in our life. Reason number two to obey the rules is that we don't need to understand. We just need to trust, okay? Soldiers obey even if they don't understand the order. So sometimes we just need to understand that these rules are in place for our good, whether we like it or not. This comes right back to that, because I said so. So let's just use society for an example. Everybody obeys something, right? We're either going to obey our sinful nature or we're going to obey the rules. So if the city ordinance is that it has to be quiet at 10 p.m., And I decide that I want to have a party and I don't care about the city ordinance at all. To me, the city ordinance makes 
absolutely no sense. 10 p.m. seems awfully early. I have friends over. We want to have a great time. We're out on the deck with the radio blaring. Why is that a problem? I don't understand that rule. Why should I follow it anyway? Well, I live in a society. And my neighbors have to get up early in the morning to go to work. So if I disobey that rule because I don't understand it, and to me, it doesn't make any sense, they are the ones who are having the consequences to me breaking the rule because they're not getting the sleep that they need when they need to get up at 5 a.m. to go to work. So even if I don't understand the rules, that doesn't mean that the rules are bad. It just means I may not understand it. And I just have to trust that this rule is in place for a good reason. Let me give you another example. We have a commandment that says, you shall not commit adultery. And really what that commandment is all about is protecting the blessing of marriage. And we teach young Christian boys and girls not to have sex until they get married. And that seems so very, very restrictive. And it seems, probably from a teen or 20-somethings reasoning, that God is just being mean, that he just doesn't want us to have fun. So what's behind that rule? The happiest marriages are those, and this isn't my, my opinion on this, this is a study that I've heard, I've heard this from Um, focus on the family, different programs that say the happiest marriages are those where both people come into the marriage having slept with no one else. Those are the happiest marriages. And think about it. There's no comparison. How can that not be a happy marriage? You figure it out together. and, And this is what I didn't realize back in my dating days. The act of having sex bonds two people. That was God's way. That's that's what he designed sex to do. So hormones are released during sex that bond people together. And believe it or not, even kissing starts releasing those hormones. So we find in our society, kissing is a very harmless activity to do during the dating period that is almost thought of as nothing anymore. We date Uh, We can kiss total strangers, Um, you know, on New Year's Eve or under the mistletoe or whatever. People don't think anything about kissing. But believe it or not, the hormones that bond us are starting to be released even just with kissing. So was there good reason for God to say, you know, a man should leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and don't commit adultery, don't have sexual relations outside of marriage. Was there good reason for that? Yes. He was trying to bless our marriages. So even though we don't understand the rules, doesn't mean it's not a good rule. Let me give you just one other example. So in traffic, So should we decide that 55 seems awfully slow to us? So we're going to go whatever speed limit we think is is fine. And you know, I have heard this as an excuse before. I'm a really good driver. I can handle higher speeds. Okay, well, you know what? The government decided because this is a divided highway, (laughs) they think the speed limit would be best at 55. But 
Say that you decide that doesn't work for you. And say that you decide that traffic signs are suggestions. So you go more than 55 miles an hour and you kind of glance one way or the other, but if you don't really see anybody coming, you just blow off the stop sign. You might get away with it 5, 10, 25 times. But what if on the 26th time when you blow off that stop sign, you kill somebody else? Who bears the consequences of you deciding that because you don't like or appreciate the rule, you should not obey it? The other person. But not just, not just that person, but their parents, their children, their spouse, their coworkers, a whole community suffers because you've decided that you don't want to obey that rule because you don't understand it or you don't see that it could have any bearing on your life. That's why we obey rules, even if we don't understand them, even if we don't agree with them. We just sometimes have to trust that the rules and the guidelines are in place for a good reason. You know, employers a lot of times make rules based on the company as a whole. What is good for the whole company? Not just on your particular situation. And that's why, you know, when we're employees somewhere, we just obey the rules. Because they weren't made maybe with us specifically in mind, but with the whole the whole department in mind or the whole facility in mind. Back when I was first married, uh, I had a trouble I had trouble respecting my husband. So we would get in fights, arguments, and I would I would get kind of snotty. I would put him down, I would aka put him in his place. And he brought it up. He would say, Amber, you don't respect me at all. And my response would be, I will respect you when you earn my respect. Well, this is the problem with that. In scripture, wives are told to respect their husbands, and husbands are told to love their wives. And there aren't any disclaimers with that. It doesn't say, wives, respect your husbands when they're acting the way you want them to, or when they're really being a godly role model, or respect your husbands when you wake up in the, on the right side of the bed and they're in a good mood, that's a good time to respect them. No, we're not given any times that it's okay to not respect them. Finally, I heard Dr. Emerson Egridge talk about love and respect. And he said that married couples can get in this vicious cycle where the woman does not respect the husband and then the husband does not love the wife. And you go round and round and round on this crazy cycle, both miserable. Instead, when a wife respects her husband, he's getting what he needs. He really needs respect from his wife. And then in turn, he is open to loving his wife, which is exactly what she wants more than anything in the world. Again, this goes right back to, it's in God's word. I just didn't understand it, so I didn't see a need to obey it. Well, even when we don't see a need or the reasoning behind it, we just have to remember that if we're not making the rules, we should probably obey them unless, unless, here's, here's a disclaimer, not God's word, but unless in a company we see that they're, um, asking us to do something that we shouldn't, but we're going to get to that in just a little bit. 
Reason number three to obey the rules is because rules maintain order. And if you wonder if this is at all true, read the book of Judges. Two times in the book of Judges, in Judges 17.6 and again in Judges 21.25, we are told that in Israel at that time there was no king and everybody did whatever they saw fit or whatever they saw or thought was right. And the, and the result was chaos. In fact, we see over and over in the book of Judges, people making these tragic decisions that just make you want to, you know, uh, just can't figure out what they're thinking. And because everybody's doing whatever they want, everybody's making their own rules. Why, why should I follow any rules? Are there any rules? rules? I don't think your rules are any good. There was no king. There was no government. There was no sense of order. So for a better example, maybe a little closer to home or a little closer to our day and age, think of the wild, wild west. Think of the absolute lawlessness. You'd be on a train. Someone would pull out a gun, rob everybody. There's, there's not a sheriff for miles and miles and miles. So that's just the way it's going to be. Unless I have a bigger gun and I can shoot the robber, then there's nothing we can do. It, that's just the way it is. And, and the Wild West was just a lot of chaos and disorder and who's safe and bribing the, the law enforcement or, you know, killing people just recklessly. And that is not a very fun way to live. That would not bring me any kind of joy at all, especially raising children. I would think that would be horrible to raise children in that, not knowing if my teenage son was going to be in the middle of a a gunfight before even coming home. I think that would just be terribly tragic. So the rules are in place really to maintain order, and that, for the most part, is a very, very good thing. It's a So when should we not obey? Again, I alluded to it just briefly before. We should not obey when we're being asked to do something that would be against God's laws and commands. So that may happen in the the business place. When we're asked to um, disobey laws, to lie and cheat in order for the profit, or if um, our spouse asks us to do something that's illegal or to lie to cover up something that they're doing. We saw in Nazi Germany, you know, uh, people were well aware most of the time, what was going on with the Jews. They, they were well aware that they were taken away and they were never heard from again. And most decided to just turn a blind eye. Some, like Corrie ten Boom and many others, said, there's no way I can do that. Listen, what's going on? What they're asking us to do is wrong. I can't participate in this. And so they stood up. And for the most part, a lot of them paid the consequence for it. You know, some of them went to jail. Some of them met their death. Some were sent to concentration camps. But they were saying, even so, I will suffer the consequences rather than go along with this that's so, so wrong. I can't do that. Okay, so what quotes can we have to motivate us that we should try and accept the rules and and obey the rules even if we don't like them? Unfortunately, there's a lot of quotes out there about breaking the rules and how much fun it is. My daughter was even given a t-shirt that said, bad decision makes make good stories. And ay, 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 that is cringe worthy. 
I've been trying to teach my children that bad decisions are learning opportunities. They are a good chance to choose differently the next time so that we can have a better outcome, so that we don't have to suffer the consequences of making a wrong and a bad decision. So we're not going to talk about the quotes that really make it look like a lot of fun to break the rules. Instead, we're going to focus on two other quotes. The first one is from Solon, S-O-L-O-N, and he says, Society is well governed when the people obey the magistrates and the magistrates obey the law. Again, that whole idea of order, like the book of Judges shows us that You know, when we're obeying the people who are making the laws and when they are doing what is right, well, then things are really going pretty well. And that's a well-ordered society. That's a, a society that's nice to live in and we're all enjoying the blessings of living within the fence of the rules. There's an English proverb that says, the ship that will not obey the helm will have to obey the rocks. And that goes back to consequences. There will be consequences of broken rules. And it's not always that we are the ones who suffer the consequences. Like I said, if we're having the party into the wee hours in the morning, it may be my neighbors that suffer the consequences of me breaking the rules. If I am disobeying the speed limit and I break through a stop sign and I kill someone, they and their family are suffering the consequences of me breaking the rules. But someone always suffers the consequences. Sometimes we suffer the consequences for our own bad choices. But sometimes other people have to suffer because of what we we have done in our disobedience. So by and large, Jesus really tried to show us it was a really good thing to obey the rules. It's one way that we can show God how much we love him and how much we respect him just by the simple act of taking his rules seriously and obeying them. This has been little things because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. If you like this message, please like it and share it and subscribe to this podcast. And don't forget to support Time of Grace with your prayers and your financial contributions so that we can share this message and others like it with many more people. 